This is Robert from Nostalgic Radio Cars. Like most of you, I drive a car or a truck. Well, occasionally, I need tires or just a simple plug or patch. Well, my friends down at Just Tires is the place to go when that need arises. Give them a call at 727-585-9271. They have a convenient location right at 1645 Clearwater Largo Road. You can't miss them. So for all your tire needs, cars, trucks, trailers, new, used, or just a repair, give Just Tires a call, 727-585-9271. Oh, yeah, and be sure and check out their website, JustTires.net. Do you ever feel the need for speed? Well, experience the thrill of indoor karting at Tampa Bay Grand Prix, located at 12350 Automobile Boulevard in Clearwater. Call 727-527-8464. They have state-of-the-art electric carts racing around a quarter-mile road circuit. Bring your family, friends, and teammates for some speed, fun, and competition at Tampa Bay Grand Prix Indoor Karting Facility. Call 727-527-8464. Visit their website at tampabaygp.com. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Excuse me, sir. Yes. It's the bat phone. To the bat balls. To the Batmobile. And that's the truth. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. You ate it, Ralph. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. No, Ralph, I ate it. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. I hate you, Alka-Seltzer. Alka-Seltzer neutralizes all the acid your stomach has churned out. For your upset stomach and headache, take Alka-Seltzer and feel better fast. Did you drink your Alka-Seltzer? The whole thing. Okay, listeners, welcome. You are tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computers, that is, if you have a computer, and Google TedTalk1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studio. Actually, maybe. <laughs> How you doing, Cedric? I'm doing all right. How are we doing with the uh, video there? We know we have audio. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm pulling the video up. You're right pulling now. the video up. Yeah. Okay, but there anyway. It is. You're, you're, there you are. <laughs> there I am. My smiling. Look at my happy face. Anyway, visit our website, GolfStreetMotorsports.com. Check out our podcast for any of the past shows that you've missed. There's a whole archive section there on it. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and check out our stuffs page. We still have some T-shirts and we have decals. I was amazed. We actually had a, a number of uh, PayPal AR accounts receivable here recently um, on a bunch of decals. So decals have been flying out of here. I guess that's due to the fact that I have a Craigslist ad informing people that they can check out our website and purchase a decal and shirt. So that's kind of cool. Anyway, yes, 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 to answer your next question, do we have a radio giveaway? Yes, I do have a radio giveaway. And let me tell you what we have. Now, as you all know, in the last couple of shows, you heard me talking about the big Monterey Car Week that took place last week on the Monterey Peninsula in sunny Sunny, not rainy, like we had here for the last week and a half. Sunny, California. And yours truly walked a long way and swam part of the way to get there. So, I brought back some souvies, souvenirs from Monterey. Now, to start with, for those of you, the 10th caller, and again, not the usual callers. For a first-time caller now, the first-time caller, if you give us a call here at the studio, 727-441-3000. That's 727-441-3000. If you happen to be outside of our area code... The number will be, or would be, or is, 
1-866-826-1340. That's 1-866-826-1340. And I know I said that right because I'm actually reading it off a piece of paper that's stapled to the wall. So I know that's not wrong. Here we go. Phone calls are ringing already. But anyway, so here's what I have. I know not everybody has a Mercedes-Benz, but I walked into the local Mercedes-Benz dealership in Monterey. And it's and in the old days, it was called Stahl. S-T-H-L, which is German for steel. Stahl is supposedly acknowledged as one of the oldest Mercedes-Benz dealerships in the country. So he was one of the first franchise dealers. And if you remember your history, Max Hoffman was the importer of Mercedes-Benz back in the 50s. He's also responsible for the, I guess you would say, the development of the 190SL mercedes uh, which they introduced for the U.S. market, and, of course, the Porsche Speedster, which they also introduced for the American market. And the reason they did that is because the 300SL Gullwing was the predominant sports car at the time, and they needed something a little bit more affordable to get people interested in Mercedes-Benz's and, you know, build the mark. So the 190SL looked a little bit like a 300SL. It was kind of a baby version. The only drawback was it had a little anemic four-cylinder engine in it. And then, of course, Porsche had their Cabriolets, their Carreras, and their cool coupes and all the other stuff, but they needed kind of an entry-level car. And they came out with the, based on the advice of Max Hoffman, they came out with the Speedster, which was kind of a cut-rate 356. And it had, like, cheap, cheesy seats, curtain windows, a low uh, windscreen, and uh, if you're lucky, you got a soft top with it. So, uh, <laughs> interestingly enough, today, even though it wasn't the lowest production run, they did sell a ton of those little guys. They started in 53, I think. Late 52, 53 was the first year for the Speedster, and the last year was 58. and 59, it was replaced with the Convertible D. And in 60 through 62, it was replaced with the Roadster. But at any rate, the Mercedes dealership in Monterey, they were kind enough to give me a couple license plate frames. And the license plate frames say... Monterey and the blow up Mercedes Benz with two Mercedes Benz logos on it. So, if somebody wants to call in and they are the ninth caller, and I actually have two of them, the 11th caller, the ninth and 11th caller, I will give you, all you have to do is contact us here at the studio. I will leave them here. You can just come by the studio and pick them up. A beautiful, shiny metal license plate frame that says Monterey Mercedes Benz. That's actually kind of cool. So, at any rate, we are going to talk about Monterey and all the events that took place last week because if there is, the phones are ringing already. The event is probably the coolest car event on the planet. And uh, I think what we're going to do is we're going to see if there's something hooked up. We got the jukebox hooked up right there, don't we, uh, Cedric? Yeah, we, we got it spinning. Okay, so now that we got our old Seaberg working here, uh, and then the next song we play, we're going to do that off a Rockola jukebox so we got a we got a lot of nostalgic stuff for you but we're gonna play this fire up this whole song now typically i play a lot of psychedelic stuff out of the late 60s and early 70s because i'm into that kind of stuff however this time we're gonna go with 70 71 pop songs kind of top 40 stuff top 100s so guess this song let's fire this bad boy up this song is called timothy by the buoy and if i remember correctly i think that was a florida band but i'm not sure this song came out in 1971 so Cedric, since he's really fantastic on the computer, he could probably look it up for me real quick, and he could give me some updates on that. But uh, this is a good song, 1971, Timothy by the Boys. They're only hit, if I remember correctly. Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. That's what it says. Oh, okay, well, I stand corrected. Hey, I'm not right about everything. Groovy song, though.
listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat, but I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on Westway Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kirk at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. My name is Roger. Sir, may I be of some help? That's funny. My name's Roger. Two Rogers don't make a right. <laughs> Roger, I have a problem. Yes. I've been in L.A. for three months now. I have money, I have taste. But I'm not on anybody's A-list, and Saturday night is the loneliest night of the week for me. Well, a Ferrari would certainly change that. Perhaps. Hmm. But you know, this is the one. Yes, yes, yes. I saw three of these parked outside the local Starbucks this morning, which tells me only one thing. There's too many self-indulgent wieners in this city with too much bloody money. Now, if I was driving a 1967 275 GTB Borkham... You would not be a self-indulgent wiener, sir. You would be a connoisseur. Precisely. Champagne would fall from the heavens, doors would open, velvet robes would part. I don't have one here. However, I... You have one in the warehouse. Superb. What else do you have in the warehouse? Hello, this is Mark Muller with the History Channel's new series, God, Guns, and Automobiles. Hey, tune in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. These guys rock. Okay, we're back, and you are tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, the place where the most fascinating and legendary people show up and talk to us here in little old Clearwater and talk to your host, Robert. Hey, anyway, uh, speaking of the uh, clip that we just uh, played here with um, uh, Nicolas Cage in the movie Gone in 60 Seconds, and he was talking about the 275 GTB 4 cam. Let me tell you a little bit about some of the cars that were at the auction at Gooding, they had uh, two of those cars. At RM, they had one, and it was called a Nart Spider. Now, a Nart Spider, if any of you guys are familiar with Ferrari at all, Luigi Cinetti was the importer for uh, Ferrari of North America. And basically, that's uh, Nart stands for North American Racing Team, and that was Luigi Cinetti's racing team that sponsored a lot of the race cars, Ferrari race cars, that raced during the 60s and 70s. And uh, a Nart Spider is basically a... 275 coupe, or it could have been a Daytona coupe, or it could have been any coupe for that matter. And the term NART is used because he sent those cars back to the factory, and what they did is they took a coupe and they converted it to a convertible. Hence, in Italian terms, all convertibles are not referred to as cabriolets like they are in Germany and France and England. They are referred to as spiders. So if you have a Fiat spider, it's a convertible. If you have a Ferrari spider, it's a convertible. If you have an Alfa Romeo spider, it's a convertible, and so on. So all your Italian cars, basically, that are drop-tops, are spiders. Well, anyway, this car was projected to fetch somewhere around eh, 17 million. It started out at 7, then it went to 12, then it went to 15. Then they were talking 17 million. 
And uh, we had a media conference uh, at Russo and Steel with my friend uh, Drew Alcazar. And Drew had a spectacular auction, by the way, Russo and Steel. So go online and check it out. Check out the results. Really cool stuff. And uh, he said that during the media conference that that number might very well have a 2 in it. So the question was whether the 2 as in 12 from 17 or was it a 2 as in 27? Well, strangely enough, the car brought $27 million. It's mind-boggling. Because a normal 375 GTB, probably a million, million and a half car for a coupe, an alloy-bodied car, maybe a 500000 to a million on top of that. If it's a, there's two cam versions, which are the early cars, and there's four cam versions with the hump on the hood, those are the later ones. They bring a premium, too. So... I guess, and then at Goodings, they had one that was in the just under $10 million. So it's kind of mind-boggling to put these numbers in perspective. And because uh, for the average guy, you know, we're thinking, you know, $20,000, dollars $50,000 for a muscle car or a sports car or something like that. That's a ton of money. But when you get into the, the game where these guys play, it is uh, mind-boggling. $27 million, I think, was the record at that particular weekend as far as cars sold. Now, I think it was a couple months ago, they had a, uh, it was an ex-Mercedes racing car, and that Mercedes racing car fetched somewhere around $29 million. The That was supposedly one of the highest paid cars. There was a Ferrari 250 GTO, and it was valued at $35 million. So the numbers are getting mind-boggling. But when you put it in terms of the guys that are buying these cars, like they're billionaires, so to a billionaire... What's $10 million, $20 million, $30 million? It's no different than a guy that's got a million dollars and he spends forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 on a car or a guy that's got $100,000 in his pocket and he spends you know, four, five, or six, or $7,000 on a car or the guy that's got $1,000 in his pocket and you know, 10 bucks is a lot of money. So the, the, and, and, and probably the part that was most amazing is the amount of people that were there. Uh, there was no walking room. I mean, it was jam-packed. All three high-end auctions. So you had RM, Gooding, and Bonhams, and they all brought record numbers. They all brought record numbers in terms of cars, all brought record numbers in terms of sales, all brought record numbers in terms of participation and, and, and people sitting in the audience. So it was crazy. Probably the wildest car that I saw there that nobody could explain, but if any of you guys are familiar with a Fiat Jolly, Fiat Jolly basically is a little Fiat 600, late 50s, early 60s model. Actually, they built them into their early 70s, I believe, as well. And that car brought 100 and $30,000. Now, a Fiat 600 on its best day, best day, really cool one, 12, 15, 20, if you're really crazy. And what a Jolly is, is a Jolly is basically a you know, Fiat 600, and they hacked the roof off of it, and they put a little canopy on top and put some uh, basket weave seats in it, and they sent it down to the islands. And if you were in the Bahamas or the Virgin Islands or Bermuda or someplace like that, uh, or in the Canary Islands, you know, it was like a little shuttle car. So, but one hundred and thirty thousand dollars crazy 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 stuff you know they had a uh, and every auction regardless of whether it was Meekums, regardless of whether it was gooding regardless of whether it was rm regardless of whether it was russo and steel or bondums every one of them set records and had one or two cars there that brought unbelievable and in my opinion unexplainable numbers because there's a lot of us that are car guys we participate in a lot of these events you know we're there for you know silent observers or we write or we talk about them or something like that and uh there, there, there's just no explanation to it so but keep in mind monterey car week is an unusual event that takes place and probably the obviously the richest area of the country you know and uh and probably one of the coolest areas it really was 
Uh, so, you know, you just don't know who's there, and you just don't know who's walking around with a really, 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 really fat wallet. Hey, I think we got some other music sitting around here, because what we're going to do, we're going to have a kind of a fun day today. We're just going to talk about Monterey a little bit. Next week, I've got some guests. I've got some interviews that I've done while I was there, and I've got some interesting people. So we'll do that next week. This, today, we're just going to talk about it a little bit, and I'll give you some highlights and uh, play some cool, groovy songs and uh, some clips and all the usual stuff that I like to do that I don't get to do at my 7 o'clock hour, because today is our last 3 o'clock show, because normally we are at 7 o'clock in the evenings every Wednesday. Be sure and tell your friends. Check out our website, GolfstreamMotorsports.com. Visit our podcast. Don't forget to like us on Facebook. Tell all your friends about us. It's really a groovy little show. So today, 3 o'clock, since uh, I want to play a little bit of music, I'm kind of in that mood. I want to talk a little bit about what's going on. We're going to kind of do like a beach rock radio version of this show. And if most of you, my listeners, are familiar, we do do a show once in a while called Beach Rock Radio where we just play some groovy 60s, 70s music. Talk about musical instruments, talk about bands, just talk about just, you know, things you did back in the 70s. You know, like when you're hot riding on your car, or walking on the beach with your sweetie, or out on the end of Pier 60 fishing, or off Sand Key Bridge fishing, or someplace. You know, just having a good old time, riding around in your Schwinn Stingray Fastback, or, you know, just, it's nostalgic. So, at any rate, let's see what else we had going on there. Oh, the there was an event there called Legends of the Audubon, and Legends of the Audubon is a uh, event that takes place outside of Monterey off Carmel Valley Road, and it's predominantly German cars. So you'll have Porsches, BMWs, you'll have Audis, you'll have Volkswagens, and obviously Mercedes-Benzes. And it's really a cool show because they're broken down in groups, and they got some really cool stuff there, and it's a judged event. They got, you know, motorcycles, BMW motorcycles, Sundup motorcycles, Munch motorcycles, some really cool stuff. So pretty fascinating thing. And the neat thing about all these events is when you go there, you walk around, you just talk to anybody. There, a lot of those events are free, so you just walk up. Unless you participate with your car, but if you're just there as a spectator, you just kind of walk on in and find a place to park and hang out. And there's just some really neat guys there. I met a guy there. He was a aerospace engineer for NASA, and he had a 1958 Porsche 356 that he bought brand new. He had previously owned a 120 Jag, which was a very fast car back in his day, but it was somewhat antiquated, you know, because it had 40s technology in it at the time. And uh, he took a spin in a 356 and was sold immediately. So he unloaded his Jag and bought the 356, just a little quicker, peppier, more nimble car, more reliable, just a stouter car, solid, because I will say that about German cars. German cars back in the day were pretty stout. I mean, they were, you open the doors, you close the doors with a thunk. You open the hood, you open the trunk. I mean, they were pretty simple, pretty pragmatic, pretty mechanical, easy to work on, easy to fix, not necessarily blindingly fast or anything like that, and not as Astoundingly designed in style, just kind of a neat little car, and uh, they have since become a cult car. But anyway, so this guy had this silver 356, 1958, all original car, kind of a reddish leather interior, but it's just a nice car, and he had maintained it all these years. And, you know, when they talk about cars in California being rust-free, well, here's a good example. Here's the guy that owned the car since new, since new. There was no rust on this car. Original sheet metal, original floors, you know, that's the first thing you look at, you know. And the people say, well, those cars were inherently prone to rust. Not necessarily. If you were in bad climates, rusty uh, winter areas that uh, use salt on the roads or just sat on the coastline um, or flooded even, then they rotted. But for the most part, most California cars are amazingly clean cars. Hey, what have we got in that Rockola? Got something spinning around on that thing? <laughs> yeah. What should I, push, I should push the button D5, right? So if I push D5, a song should pop up, right? Yeah. Okay, let's see what pops we need, up here. We need D- to get a, bu- a button-clicking sound effect. Do we have, do we have a button-clicking sound effect? we well, got a buzzer, right? I can always... Make one? Okay, that works. 
Oh, my God. This is a song for Billy the Burnout. What took over the line? I thought this was a family show. It is. Oh, okay. <laughs> Don't do drugs, kids. Yeah. You wind up like Billy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we need to find that clip. Hey, you going fat, dumb, and stupid. It's not the way to go through life, my son. Yeah, one talk over the line, 1971. What was the name of the group that did this one? Brewer and Shipley. Brewer and Shipley. And they huh? went on, uh, I think it was, oh, it was Lawrence Welk. Did they? They, they performed the song on Lawrence Welk. You're kidding. Dead serious. I'll show it to you during the break. Okay, yeah, most people don't know what it's referencing, but, uh, I know. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's kind of a cool song. It's typical 70s, you know, what can I say? And this show's nostalgic, so we have to, we have to appeal to the entire broad audience. Drug addicts and no drug addicts, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, hey, guys. Drugs are for losers, but uh, the music's groovy, so. Yeah. We'll be back. Yeah. Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Your Pizza Shop, located at 1200 8th Avenue Southwest in Largo, offers a great selection of personalized pizzas, pastas, and calzones, as well as delicious wings, subs, salads, and tasty desserts. Enjoy the relaxing atmosphere and scenic view overlooking Pinecrest Golf Course. Remember, for the finest pizza anywhere, takeout, delivery, or catering, call 581-1101. That's 581-1101. Or order online at yourpizzashop.com. Two Whopper Juniors and four Coca-Cola. And would I have to wait long if you made one Whopper with no pickle and no lettuce? No, sir. Hold the pickle, hold the lettuce. Special orders don't upset us. All we ask is that you let us serve it your way. Oh, well, in that case, could I have the other Whopper with extra ketchup? Sure. We can serve your grilled beef flopper fresh with everything on top or any way you think is proper. Have it your way. Now that's the way to do things. Our way. Have it your way. 
This is a long-term proposition. We have 10,000 square feet of storage, and it's stacked to the ceiling most of the time. If I can make money on it, I'll take it. If someone pulls up with a truckload full of manure, and I know where to sell it, I'll take it. <laughs> this is Big Hoss from Pawn Stars, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Hi, this is Rick Harrison from Pawn Stars, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We're back, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Anyway, hey, I'm telling everybody about all this cool stuff that takes place during Monterey Car Week out in the Monterey Peninsula. I just got done talking about the legends of motorsports, or excuse me, the legends of the Autobahn, which is all the cool, really cool German cars, and the guy with the original owner, Porsche guy. Pretty neat stuff. In fact, there was another guy there that I met, and his name was Jerry. He was from San Diego. He had a 1968 Mercedes 280SL. Red car, black MB text, they call it. It's leather, it's... Uh, Mercedes leather, and if it's not, it's uh, they don't call it vinyl. They call it MB Tex, T-E-X. But anyway, he had bought this car new. It was a four-speed car. Now, this is an interesting story. This car was absolutely stunning, flawless, perfect, and defined the term uh, trailer queen. Now, here's the deal. This guy's owned this car since new. I happened to be there while they were judging the uh, 111 series cars, which is your 230, 250, and 280 SLs, which are probably your next up-and-coming Mercedes Benzes. Okay, because the 190, which I mentioned earlier, the 300 SLs are pushing the million dollars. The 190 SLs, believe it or not, have blown through $100,000 and now around 150000 Just crazy, crazy, crazy. In fact, one auction I was at, there was a special order color, and I wrote the auction earlier this year. It was Auctions America. I think it pushed two hundred because it was a very rare special order, kind of a lavender color, just mind-boggling. Okay, and somebody had to have it, and somebody had a big checkbook, and somebody wrote a check for it, and somebody bought it, plus the 10% premium. So you figure two hundred grand and a ten percent premium, buyer's premium, you're talking another twenty thousand bucks. So that's two twenty, crazy. But anyway, so Jerry had this uh, really, really nice two eighty SL, and I happened to be there while they were judging his car. And what was interesting is the judges were trying to pick it apart. Now here's a guy that knew probably more than the judges, and often this is the case: the judges don't always know everything. Just like when I talk to you guys, you know, when I do appraisals and I do purchase inspections, I never authenticate a car. What I do is I I, I look at the car, I write about the car, I I you have a good description of the car. I check the car out because what I'm looking for is, is the car being sold or represented as it is represented? In other words, is it being represented as stated, in other words? So in this case, the judges weren't quite up on the cars. So Jerry, what he had done, he bought the car brand new. So he bought the car, with a, it comes with a soft top, and he bought the additional hard top with it, which was an option back in the day. But additionally, you could buy Mercedes-Benz luggage, you could buy a jump seat, you could buy... Uh, Alloy wheels. There's just a number of options that were available with the car. So this gentleman purchased everything with it. And not only did he have the original toolkit, but he had an extra toolkit with it. He had all kinds of goodies. He still had the tags, you know, the hang tags. You know, they're usually stuck on the steering column or stuck on the radiator or stuck in the trunk, you know, to show you how to use your spare tire. They're basically like little operation tags. He had all this stuff on it. Well, the judges were actually disputing this. Now, I got to talk to Jerry a little bit after the show, actually after the judging or during the judging, because what they do is they break them up in groups. They do body and interior. They do fit and finish. They do engine and chassis and so on and so on and so on. And then what they do is they all get better and they come, you know, they count the scores up and then basically you are judged based on those. Now, in a normal concourse, you start with 100 points and then they start docking. Uh, that would be at a concourse, let's say, like Pebble Beach or Amelia Island. Now, this particular event, actually, I don't know how they do theirs. I didn't really ask. Um, but I do know that they break it up in groups, which is typically how they do it anyway. But nonetheless, Jerry bought this car new. Now, Jerry had owned this car and drove it religiously for about four or five years. And then one day he decided to park the car and 
driving a little bit new Mercedes-Benz. And in talking with him, I found out that he had a number of 300 SLs, Gullwings, Roadsters. He had owned a bunch of Mercedes-Benzes. So he was a diehard, committed Mercedes-Benz guy. And I asked him, I said, you know, the car is absolutely stunning. I said, uh, do you drive the car much? He says, no. I said, really, why not? He says, because what I did is I set my goals to totally restore this car to new. Well, the car was over-restored. It was too new. It was too perfect. But he did an excellent job on it. Obviously, he used base coat, clear coat, which is the paint they used today. Back in the old days, it was single-stage paint. But nonetheless, the car was absolutely flawless. But he replaced every piece of chrome on that car with NOS parts. I mean, new bumpers, new trim, new this, new that, weather stripping, the whole nine yards. All original sheet metal. Engine was completely rebuilt. Car was completely disassembled. Everything was reconditioned on the car. It looked brand new. It was too nice to drive. So I asked him, I said, well, let me ask you a question. How much do you have in this car? I mean, if you had to put a value on this car, he says, oh, this car's worth a lot of money. Or I have way more in it than probably what it's worth. However, having said that, there's a company out there called Mercedes-Benz Classic, and they're affiliated with Mercedes-Benz. And I guess the record on a Pagoda roof car, which is what we refer to those, the 113 cars of Pagoda top cars, is somewhere over $200,000. That's mind-boggling. That just boggles my mind because the real money on those cars is probably 50, 60 grand for a real nice driver, you know, and I'm pushing it to that. I'm not comfortable saying that number, but I've seen him bring close to 100. So it's kind of like, geez, who's standing in with the checkbook again? But this guy told me that he had over $300,000 in this car. Just a mind-boggling amount of money in a car that's probably worth, let's just say on his best day, maybe 100. Let's say 150000 So he's got twice what it's worth in the car. Needless to say, Jerry successfully won best of show. He had to. He had a red car, and it was perfectly restored. And it really, truly was the nicest car there. He knew the most about his car. He knew every detail. He was involved in the restoration from start to finish. An incredible, incredible job. Hey, what do we got in that Seaberg? We got something spinning around again? This is one of my favorite songs. This is one of your favorite songs? This is one of my favorite songs. Uh-oh. <laughs> no, it's, it's, wait, no, wait, wait, no wait. it's one of the ones you picked. It's one of the ones I picked? Yeah. Okay, let me see. Play a little bit of it. Oh, Amos Moses! This is a cool song by Jerry Reed. This car was popular when I moved to Florida in 1971. Here comes Amos! Here comes Amos! Amos Moses was a Cajun. We'll be right back. Tune in to the South Radio on Cars. Cat called Doc Mill 
yourself and his pretty white panel Well, he raised up a son that could eat up his bread and groceries Named him after a man of the cloth Called him Amos Moses Sit down on him, Amos Make it count, son About 45 minutes on these Now, here comes Big Bruiser with light flashing. There's the wreck. That Big Bruiser up to it. This lever puts the power winds into action. And Big Bruiser does it again. Comes with jack, tools, fender, and spare tire to repair the wreck. Pickup truck included, too. Get battery-powered Big Bruiser by Mark. Hey, this is Wayne Carini from Chasing Classic Cars, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Harvey, want anything special for your birthday? Just a decent cup of coffee. You're kidding. I'm serious. Honey, your coffee's undrinkable. It's pretty harsh. Well, so's your coffee. You know, the girls down at the office make better coffee on their hot plates. And he didn't even kiss me goodbye. You know, if I could just make a decent cup of coffee, I could relax. So, relax. Why don't you try instant Folgers? Tastes good as fresh perked. Good as fresh perked? I'll surprise Harvey for his birthday tonight. Hey, great coffee. It's instant Folgers. Doesn't it taste good as fresh perked? Better. Better than those girls make at the office. <laughs> Honey, their coffee can't hold a candle to yours. Instant Folgers taste good as fresh perked. <laughs> Try it. <laughs> hey, you're tuned into Dutch Radio Cars. Cedric's laughing. That's really funny. <laughs> you know what? It's, it's just very, very strange, you know. I, sometimes I wonder what it would be like to live in the 50s, you know. Like, instead, I, you know. You I, know, it was kind of a, a simpler time. It really was. I mean, look at how significant. I mean, look at the implication during the, during the commercial. I get, I get slapped. I'd be like, yeah, the, <laughs> the coffee that Lola makes at work is much better. Ow, smack. But anyway. By the way, Lola doesn't make the coffee here. Oh, you make, I the, make coffee. the coffee. You make the coffee. Okay. Sometimes Dave makes the coffee. Sometimes Dave makes the coffee. Yeah. Okay. So who makes the coffee stronger, you or Dave? Uh, uh, who knows? We got to get some Dave, cream. Dave probably. Yeah. Dave probably. Yeah, does. we got to get some more creamer. Yeah, we got to get some more creamer. Anyway, hey, you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We were just talking about the Folgers commercial. But while we're talking about coffee, honestly, what day was it? I think it was Saturday morning, Saturday or Friday, whatever it was. We were there and out at Pebble Beach at the Lodge, they had the uh, Infinity Breakfast for the media guys. Now, and of course, they were serving coffee. I'm not sure whether it was Folgers or not, but they had bacon and eggs, and they had kind of quiche, and they had scrambled eggs, and they had fruits and nuts and muffins and just all kinds of stuff there. So it was pretty cool. So while we were sitting on the back patio at the lodge, okay, overlooking the um, the the back lawn, which is I forget what they call it. I think it's the 18th green, but I'm not sure. I think it is. And um, it was just they were setting up for Sunday's event, and it's just amazing that for this. One day event, the amount of effort and the amount of people that are there trying to put this put this whole thing together, setting up tents, building ramps, uh, the displays. As a matter of fact, one of the displays that they set up there was McLaren. And then another one was... Yeah, baby! Yeah. And uh, McLaren had an amazing display there. They had an original F1. They had one of the race cars. They had uh, the new, I think it's called the MC12. And they're coming out with a new model called the P13. And what was interesting is he said that... The designer was there, and his first name is Frank. I forget his last name, but I have his card someplace. But I actually talked to him. He may be coming on the show. And he's English, of course, but he's also a former race car driver. But So what was interesting is here's this guy designing this new car, the, the, the MC12, and, uh, and, and, the new, and the new model, and the new up-and-coming models. 
And Bruce McLaren was a race car driver himself. So, you know, to get to achieve the most successful race car, the most functional race car, you've got to be a race car driver. Or let's just say it really helps because you know what to expect because you're the driver. You're in this little capsule and you're going 200 plus miles an hour and you want everything to work. You want the car to go fast. You want the car to handle. You want the car, most importantly, to be able to stop. Okay. And McLaren has certainly achieved that. And over the years, they've used a number of of motors. McLaren basically built bodies and then they would use either a Ford motor, a BMW engine, a Lotus engine, Chevrolet engine, you know, whatever. The killer cars, the killer McLarens out of the late 60s and 70s were obviously the uh, McLaren M6, 7s, and 8s. And the M8 is probably the epitome of Can-Am cars. I mean, 240-mile-an-hour car down the back straights. I mean, just just mind-boggling stuff. But they had a great display there. And um, next week, what I'm going to do is I'm going to, on the radio show giveaway, I'm going to give away a couple of McLaren brochures. These are very difficult to come by. You can't get these unless you are uh, at a McLaren dealership and a prospective buyer. So I have a few of those because they were nice enough and gracious enough to give us to us media guys. Next to that was a uh, the art. I can't remember the exact name. It escapes me. See, this is what happens when you get old. can't remember things, but I can describe it to you. But basically, they have an art exhibit. So basically, it's an art association, and they invite like 30 of some of the best artists, automotive artists, around the country. Now, Dave Chappell was there, and Dave Chappell, if you recall a couple years ago, was on our show. And he's an artist. He does some amazing stuff. And his latest thing that he's been doing, which has turned out to be very successful for him, is he takes these segmented pieces of wood. It's kind of like a balsa wood, and he kind of has a little like a space between them. So he's got the wood, a gap, a wood, a gap, a wood, a gap, a wood, a gap, a wood, a gap. And it's kind of really neat because then he paints like a, a, a scene on it. It could be a Ferrari. It could be a GT40. It could be a Porsche. It could be, you know, just a number of any cool cars. And what's really neat about it is it looks like it's moving. It's got this real action look to it. And they sell for seven, dollars $8,000 a piece. Some of them are 15000 So if, you got, if you're a really cool artist, Tom Fritz was there. He's another one that does some amazing artwork. If you're a really, really good artist and this organization accepts you and you're able to bring your displays to Pebble Beach or Amelia Island, that's really an honor. Bill Neal was there. Bill Neal, a longtime friend of mine and the official artist for, I guess you would say official artist, for Carol Shelby. He did all the Carol Shelby drawings. Bill Neal and Carol Shelby were buddies. They go way back to the 50s. They, they played with cars together. They raced together, all kinds of stuff. But Bill was never really seriously about racing. He was more serious about the artwork that he did. And him and Carol Shelby started the Terlingua Ranch. The Terlingua racing team kind of evolved out of that. And that was basically in Terlingua, Texas. And it just started out as just a group of guys getting together and having uh, some fun at his ranch. And uh, next thing you know, they came up with this really cool logo. And uh, they started racing cars under the, uh, under the livery. So it was kind of cool. But nonetheless, so Bill Neal was there. The featured car, one of the features marked this year was Lincoln Continental. And, of course, our good friend Chris from Lincolnland was there. Chris and I kind of hung out for a little bit. Rick Schmidt from National Parts Depot was there with his Henry Ford II Lincoln Continental Mark II. Barry Wolk from Michigan was there with his very rare, one of three known to exist, Mark II convertible. Stunning, stunning, stunning car. And he also won an award, as well as uh, Rick Schmidt. And uh, Chris was there, and he was just kind of hanging out with a lot of his friends and customers, and he was kind of like there for moral support, but having a good time, like a lot of guys did. And the number of people that were there was just absolutely amazing. When Sunday took place, the, the field was... It was just an amazing gathering. Jay Leno was there, obviously. I got to talk to him for a few minutes. Um, Bear McGuire was there from McGuire's Cars. Uh, Vic Edelbrock was there. And somebody you don't run into very often, but Nick Mason 
drummer for Pink Floyd. He was there, so I got to talk to him for a few minutes. Matter of fact, we did a short interview with him, so we will be playing that next week. So, And he is a very committed, serious, serious car guy. His collection consists of some serious race cars, and he told me that he had somewhere around 32 cars. What I didn't know, I knew about his vintage racing, I knew about his car collection, and probably most notably his 1962 Ferrari GTO. But he had raced uh, IMSA and GT back in the uh, these early 80s. He raced at Le Mans. He raced at a lot of your big tracks, Nürburgring, Spa, uh, Goodwood uh, in England. So he's very much an avid car collector as well as a racer. So he, and, he, and he was very, very approachable, so it was pretty cool. Another gentleman that I met there was uh, Phil Henney. Phil Henney used to work for Carroll Shelby, but Phil Henney worked for a number of uh, racing teams over the years. He uh, successfully worked on the GT40 program for Ford Motor Company in the late 60s. Prior to that, he worked for a couple of other racing teams and some hill climb teams. And him and I spent a little time together. He's also an author, so if you want to Google Phil Henney, you can find a lot of information about him. And uh, he was pretty cool, pretty receptive. We did a also we also did a short interview. As a matter of fact, I did a number of interviews. I did one with Vic Edelbrock. I talked to uh, Craig Jackson from uh, Barrett Jackson. And the, the, you know, a lot of these guys are just there having a good time. They got their vintage race cars. And like I said, Monterey is just one of those events. I mean, you get the auctions going on. But oh yeah, Laguna Seca. And I've got some great sound effects from Laguna Seca. That was just one cool event. We spent most of the afternoon there, part of the, actually two-thirds of the day there. So there was some really cool stuff going on and, and just hanging out in the pits and, and uh, rubbing elbows with all those guys. So that was pretty cool. What else we got on the uh, Rockola there? Got some spinning around again? Yeah, this is an oldie but a goodie here. An oldie but a goodie? Yeah. What's this one? Here we go. Let's play it. Let's see if I can guess this song. Oh, Indiana Wants Me. Yeah. R. Dean Taylor. That was one of the first songs I heard when I moved to Florida. Yeah, you, cool you don't really hear this on the radio very much. No. That's why you tune into Nostalgic Radio Cars slash Beach Rock Radio, Co- radio because you're going to hear really cool, groovy songs that you don't hear a lot, but very popular songs, very good songs, right here on Nostalgic Radio and Cars and Beach Rock Radio. The other radio stations will not play these songs. They just play the run-of-the-mill stuff. That's why they're so boring. That's why you have to tune into serious radio. For example, there's uh, one of my favorite stations. You got uh, Little Stevie's uh, Garage. I think Stevie's, uh, little somebody like that. But anyways, Channel 21 on Sirius Radio. Some pretty cool music. Play some good classic stuff. Then there's 25, and then there's 26. So if I had satellite in my car, that's what I would listen to. But enjoy the song. We'll be right back. Smile. 
understand, you sadistic, elitist, sexist, racist, anti-humanist pig. Jane, you ignorant, misguided slut. Once again, you missed the point entirely. Hey guys, this is Courtney Hansen from Spike TV, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Thank you, Courtney. We're back, and you're tuned in too. Like she said, Nostalgic Radio and Cars. But anyway, so uh, the uh, let's see what else was there going on there. Oh yeah, so the Laguna Seca was actually pretty fun. Um, they had obviously they have broken down in groups. They had the Can-Am cars. They've got uh, sports cars. They got the vintage cars. You got the, they had a number of Indy cars there this year. Just if you're a car guy and you like vintage racing, and in my opinion, vintage racing is just cool. I mean, because it is racing, you know, uh, or it takes us back to a time and place when there was innovation. There was team spirit there was camaraderie the drivers got into the cars the drivers wrenched on the cars just you know if you listen to some of our past interviews with drivers like uh, mario andretti and parnella jones and dan gurney and george fulmer those guys worked on their cars sterling moss you know just they got out they knew the cars they knew the feeling of the cars they knew what was going on mechanically the drivers today really don't a lot of the driving today a lot of the racers and people won't talk about it but i don't mind spilling the beans so to speak racing has got to be spec racing they basically predetermined who's going to win what team's going to win all the cars are the same you got spec motors the motors are sealed you can't touch the engine there's no innovation there's no development short of wind tunnel developments and you know maybe a little suspension a couple extra bearings and a grease fitting or two here and there and I'm being facetious, of course, but it's not real what I would call inspiring racing because all the cars look alike. You know, there's just there's just not uh, there's not the variation. I mean, you look at the cars of the '60s, and and Can-Am's probably the best example. You know, you could tell a Lola from a from a McLaren, from a, from a, from a, geez, from a Ford GT or from a Porsche or from you know a number of different cars. And today they all look alike. You know, uh, in NASCAR, you could tell a NASCAR, you could tell a Ford from a Chevrolet, from a Chrysler. You know, and, and a Plymouth and and a Mercury. You know, if you looked in Trans Am, the same thing. You had a Cougar, you had a Mustang, you had a Camaro, you had a Firebird, you know, you had an AMAC, uh, you had a BMW, you had an Alfa Romeo, you know, you had a, uh, a Datsun. But, you know, the cars looked different, and, and every team was out there to win, and they, and they, yes, did they cheat? Sure they did. You know, you always cheat until they set a rule in place, and when the rules come in place, then you can't do that anymore, or you try to figure a way to circumvent it. But anyway, vintage racing is really, really cool, because it takes you back to that time and place, and those guys get out there and fly. Um, I was on pit row, and that's right there on uh on on the just coming off the last turn at uh laguna seca and there's a there's a the walkover bridge and just on 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 the walkover bridge is a clock uh and there's also a speedometer there i guess or or calibrator and every time the cars would run underneath there you could see the can-am cars when the can-am cars were running through there they were running about 126 to 135 miles an hour when the trans-am cars were running through there they were running about 112 to about 119 almost 120 miles an hour coming off the turn and then hitting the straightaway you could see the real fast cars when the uh little mill and the indie cars were going through there you know they're hitting you know 75 80 miles an hour so you can just see the the gradual progression in racing and speed and the evolution of the cars and that's the other thing that's really neat about vintage racing you can actually see you know like a 1913 mercer you know and then you come up here and you got a 1972 mclaren or a or a lola or a shadow or something like that just really really cool cars you know, and you could just see the evolution. The Indy cars, you know, how they how the open wheel cars evolved and became more aerodynamic and safer over the years. Just really interesting, historical, significant evolutions in in the racing world. You know, today you can see it. You know, it's there, and the, and obviously racing's more safer. And it's uh, it's but it's not as it and and there's a, and there's a huge following. You know, you got GT racing, you got touring racing, you got open wheel cars. As a matter of fact, I was up at Sears Point. 
uh, just nosing around up there. And IndyCar's going there this weekend. And uh, Sears Point is what it was called back in the late 60s when it was started. And then it had a number of owners. And then it changed to Infineon there for a while. And now finally the new owners decided to revert back to a name that's uh, somewhat historic, but they refer to it as Sonoma. And and we, even though it was Sears Point Raceway, we often referred to it as Sonoma Raceway. But it's so now it's Sonoma Park, Sonoma Raceway, which is a lot better than Infineon. As a matter of fact, Laguna Seca has got Mazda in front of it. Even though I'm a Ford guy and Ford owns part of Mazda, I wish it was just strictly Laguna Seca. It's kind of like, can you imagine Sebring if it said Chevrolet, General Motors, Sebring? That wouldn't sound right. Or the same thing with Daytona, you know? I mean, if, they, if you put in a, It's kind of like the stadium. You know, it's Raymond James Stadium or it's, uh, you know... Hooligans Stadium or something like that. You know, call it what it is. It's Tampa Bay Stadium or it's a St. Petersburg Stadium. Just leave it what it is so people can recognize the name and you know geographically right where it's at. You know, so Sears Point is a historic name. Everybody knows Sears Point is in that little area up there in that little corner. Laguna Seca has been there since the 60s. As a matter of fact, Laguna Seca came into inception in the early in the late 50s, actually, because it used to be the Pebble Beach Road Races, and it was just like a two-mile course around Pebble Beach, around the lodge and up around those little windy roads. And I think the first race took place somewhere in 1955, and there was a bad crash in 57, and then they moved the track out to the valley, Carmel Valley there, or towards Salinas, and that's called Laguna Seca now. Anyway, I just got the thumbs up, that or finger up, I should say. What the middle finger was it? But anyway, it was a finger no, no, no. On, on a number of, on, on a hand, and it said that we have one minute left. So I guess in saying that, I want to tell everybody out there, please tune into Nostalgic Radio and Cars every week for the most fascinating and legendary names in motorsports, and some really cool cars talk, some cool music, some neat vintage commercials, movie clips, things of that nature. Be sure and check out our website, GulfstreamMotorsports.com. Don't forget to check out our podcast. Like us on Facebook. And uh, we're going to be here next week at 7 p.m. Right, Cedric? Uh, hang on. Next week we're 7 p.m. Yeah, so, I guess we would be. Anyway, so, uh, and on that note, I want everybody to stay Wait safe. A Wait a minute. Stay safe. Drive carefully. Hang look. on. No, 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 no. There's there's a baseball game next Wednesday. Is there a baseball game next I Wednesday? I swear to you. No way. You mean we're at 3 o'clock next week again? We're on at 3 o'clock next week. All right. Well, same bat time, same bat channel. And uh, how much time we got left? One minute? Sure. One minute? Yeah, sure. Why not? Okay. Well, anyway, hey, this is our sign-off song. Next week, I'll be talking more about Pebble Beach. In fact, hopefully over the weekend, I'll get some of my stuff edited, and I'll have some interviews for you. We'll have another giveaway. Be sure to tell your friends again. Tune in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars every week. Check out our podcast. Check out our website for all the information, dates, events, and all kinds of cool car stuff coming on. Everybody stay safe, drive carefully, love your family, and we'll see you at some of the car shows. We chased our pleasures here, dug our treasures there. We can't still recall the time we cried. Break on through to the other side. Break on through to the other side.
don't mean to be telling tales out of school, but there's a fella in there who'll pay you $10 if you sing into his can. Downtown Dave. I'm not here to make a record, you dumb cracker. It broadcast me out on the radio. WTAN, Clearwater, Tampa Bay. WDCF, Dade City, Tampa Bay. WZHR, Zephyr Hills, Tampa Bay. Listen. You dumb cracker.